Hello and welcome back to Redirected. My name is Andrew East, and this is a show where we sit down with celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs, really anybody who's experienced a pivot or change in life. I call these changes redirections, and at some point or another, we all go through them. And so I wanted to sit down with people who have made it through these changes well in order to, yes, glean their wisdom, but also hear some pretty entertaining stories. And today we are continuing our Forbes 30 Under 30 series where we talk with young people who are redirecting the future and have visions of a better future, if you will. And so we sit down with Olivia Landau, who together with her husband, Kyle Simon, has co-founded this pretty spectacular company called Clearcut Diamonds. And this concept actually originated as a blog with them just providing information on what is really an opaque industry. I don't know if you've ever bought a diamond before, but it's not easy to navigate through. And it's turned into a really spectacular business and currently have an amazing selection of highly curated engagement ring diamonds where you can buy direct online. And so you go on, they take your hand and walk you through every step of the process. You're matched with an expert and they really make it a pleasant, pleasant experience. And so if you want to find out more about Olivia and her business, the clear cut diamond, we'll link information on both down below. But before I jump into it, if you haven't subscribed to the show and given it a rating on whatever platform you're listening on, please do so. It really helps us out. Let's go ahead and jump into this one with Olivia Landau. Olivia, it's a pleasure to meet meet you. Thank you for joining me this morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Uh, So I know you just kind of recently got married. What are you at, at your like year and a half anniversary? Is that right? Yeah, we actually got married last June, so June 2019 in Italy, which I guess couldn't have happened this year. Uh, what part of Italy? Um, we got married in Tuscany in a really small town outside of Lucca. Um, my husband, Kyle, his family goes there every summer since he was born, so we kind of wow. always be there. I'm, uh, I'm excited because actually of the interviews I've done, I think you're the only one who also works with their spouse. So I'm excited to get in the details there, but I would love to, if you could start off kind of giving us the context within which you grew up, kind of your foundation, if you will, the abridged version of kind of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, totally. So I grew up in Miami beach, Florida. Um, I'm fourth generation in the diamond industry. So My dad's side of the family comes from a long line of diamond cutters and dealers. He's from Antwerp, Belgium, which used to be like the diamond capital of the world. And my mom, she's from Taiwan and they met and they worked together actually growing up and they were in the antique jewelry business. So I kind of grew up around diamonds and gemstones in a different capacity, but I was always kind of around it. But I never thought I would go into the business just because They always told me that it was like a dying industry. There was like no future in it um, that I should, you know, I I was like first generation and like American and I should like go to college and get a corporate job and like live out there like dreams that way. Um, But I went to NYU and after graduating, I really wasn't super passionate about, sorry about that, (laughs) anything in particular. I was always kind of interested in jewelry and just wanted to extend schooling a little bit. So convinced them to let me go to GIA, which was the Gemological Institute of America. Um, There was a campus here in New York and it was like a six month program to become a gemologist. So they agreed. And once I went there, I really fell in love with diamonds and gemstones. It was kind of, I think, in my blood all along. Um, and while I was there, I also met my now husband and co-founder Kyle. So it all kind of worked out. Um, I started working at Tiffany on the engagement floor right after school and Kyle comes from a really different background in the 
uh, diamond space. He had started a fair trade diamond mining company in Sierra Leone. Um, and his investors at that time sent him to GIA just to learn more about the actual diamond aspect. Um, so he went back to Africa and we were long distance while I was working at Tiffany. Um, that's where I fell in love with engagement rings, bridal jewelry mm. specifically, and wanted to get my hands like, have like more hands-on experience and not so much just sales. So I started working um, at a large diamond wholesaler at that time. At the same time, the Ebola epidemic was going on in West Africa. So um, Kyle was kind of forced to come back. Um, his operation was uh, halted in Africa and he decided to go to business school um, at Columbia uh, here in New York. And at that time, it was really strange. There was this weird phenomenon where like all of his classmates wanted to get engaged around the same time. And they knew he had worked in the jewelry space in some capacity and like would always be like, hey, do you like know a guy that can help me get a good deal on a ring? Um, and at the time I was at wholesale in the wholesale industry, so I was that guy. Um, so I would work with a lot of our friends, um, his classmates to you know educate them, help pick out their diamond and create a custom ring. From there, I kind of realized that most people don't know the first thing about buying a diamond. So I decided, I decided to start the clear cut. It was January of 2016. Um, just as an educational blog um, for like our friends to read about, you know, the do's and don'ts of buying a diamond before coming to see me. And then I just started posting some of the designs on Instagram and that's where it kind of took off and strangers were following the account, DMing me, asking if I could help make their rings. And I turned into this kind of side hustle. And at the time I was a gemologist elsewhere, but I was still trying to balance um, you know, making these custom rings on the side. And I was running back and forth to the diamond district, like before work, after work, during lunch. And it was just unsustainable. Um, and Kyle is, you know, an entrepreneur at heart. And he was graduating from business school at this time. And he was like, you know, I see an opportunity. Maybe we should quit our jobs and just try doing the clear cut full time, which I thought was kind of crazy. And so did our parents. Um, but I agreed to quit my job if we got accepted to an accelerator program because I thought we really ah. needed, um, you know, just like a little extra help or I, I, I wanted some training and some network. So we applied to Techstars um, in New York, which is a tech accelerator. I didn't think we would get in because we weren't technically a tech company, yeah. um, but we had some traction and we did get in and um, I had to make good on my promise. So we quit our jobs and started doing the clear cut full time January of 2018. Wow. And um, since then we've expanded just beyond um, just custom engagement rings. We have a fine jewelry collection as well. Can I ask you, so my knowledge of the industry, pardon me for my ignorance, Olivia, is very <laughs> small. What is a What do you do as a gemologist? So it's basically... It's a super niche. You're basically an expert in diamonds and gemstones. So you can grade diamonds. You know how there's like color and clarity, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. four P's. Um, you can grade a diamond and you can also identify um, gemstones. So what like uh, what they are, if they're natural, if they're treated, all of those types of things. What are you, why do you love it so much? I'm curious. Um, 
I, I, I was like naturally kind of good at it. So I thought like I had a, <laughs> I was, I liked it because I caught on to it pretty quickly, but I also just love our specific job because I get to work with, you know, really happy couples at a, you know, big moment in their life. And I get to be, you know, play a small part, um, a small role in like this really significant like proposal and like the start of their lives. So it's really fun to, you know, get to work with, um, clients and you know make such a big impact and it's a lot of responsibility too but getting those photos of like their proposal back and saying that everything went perfectly that's like the best part yeah so you mentioned that your parents thought it was a dying industry uh you mentioned kyle your husband started a fair trade diamond mining business could you give me kind of the high level view of the industry as is and you know a couple of these problems that you've touched on yeah so i would say i think my parents thought it was a dying industry just because the way the industry that they were used to and how it worked with um you know our parents generation or whatnot of purchasing diamonds is just completely changed with our generation because we are just so much um, more informed um, and so much more comfortable buying online. So before you would just either go to a retail store and buy something like blindly overpriced just because that's what was available at that time, or you would go to you know, the Diamond District and it was very opaque. You didn't really know how much things like should be or what qualities should be. Like you were just, you would just trust someone. Um, so we're a lot more informed in the way we shop. Um, you know, I think back in the day, people didn't want to be as transparent with information, pricing, quality, all of that. And that's something like in our ethos, uh, we try to educate people completely for free and, you know, make them an empowered purchaser, no matter like where they end up purchasing, because we think, um, the more information you have, the more informed of a decision you can make. Mm-hmm. And also, people don't want to just have something um, cookie cutter that's just sold, you know, out of a glass case. Like everyone is on Instagram or online and has like inspiration and wants to make this, you know, it is a big purchase. So they want to make it, you know, special and unique to them. So the aspect of creating like a custom ring is really intriguing. So I think it was just um, because our clients are of the same generation as us and we understand the end user well we knew how to uh, you know speak the same language and like cater to their specific needs which i think you know a lot of the diamond industry is dominated by you know older men that might not be connecting to um the client which is a younger woman really at this time yeah i actually do feel like every time i've ever walked into a jewelry store it's like an old white dude that meets me there (laughs) Yes, like, and and there's always like this like icky perception of there being like a lot of pressure to purchase and like negotiations, and it's just like an uncomfortable shopping experience that like it shouldn't be that way. If it's a, if it's one of like the most um, expensive pieces that you're gonna purchase, and like one of the most significant pieces of jewelry that you're gonna buy, it should be like a special, happy, like easy experience. Can you give me the sales pitch? I was actually talking to my wife, Sean, about this of like, I, I was saying, Sean, there's, there's seems to be decent alternatives to like real diamonds, which I, again, kind of have the perspective or perception of being higher priced, etc. Give me like, what, what do you find so valuable about like 
the diamond or the ring that you're that you're providing so like what what is the benefit of it like a natural diamond versus like a lab grown or simulant yeah um so for hundreds of years they've been lab grown gemstones like sapphires emeralds things like that and they've kind of just created their own category the whole reason why you're investing in this you know natural diamond or this special uh, gemstone is because of its rarity long and longevity so it's something that will like hold its value something that you can pass down from generation to generation it was created in the earth over billions of years which is like so special and cool versus you know something that might have the same um material um but was created in a laboratory in silicon valley in two weeks so and it doesn't have any inherent value but you might want to wear it just so it looks like you have the the natural um yeah. I, I kind of equate it to you could buy um like a knockoff designer bag made of like the same leather that looks the same to the average person but there's no like real like value in like holding it for a long time or reselling it or something like that Wow. Well done. I just had to make sure that my wife doesn't listen to this episode. Uh, so I was reading the story. I think it was in the New York times of how you met your husband. You offered to tutor him. That's a pretty, that's a pretty slick way of kind of getting in the door there. Olivia. I stalked him. Um, I was, in, <laughs> I was in one class and he was in the other and we'd have like the same break times um, in gem school. There's not a lot of people in gem school, so he definitely caught my eye. But he would always like look at me and not come and talk to me. So one day I just like followed him home on the subway um, and was like, oh, like I already took the class that you're in and I'm really good at it. So like we can like hang out after school. One day. <laughs> nice. uh, uh, was it obvious? Oh. Was there any hesitation in starting a company together? Yes. There was a yes. lot of hesitation, um, especially like I mentioned, my parents um, had a company together and they're no longer married. So mm. um, they were always like, don't start a company with your significant other. It's a big mistake. Um, so I was really hesitant, especially because when we started it, we weren't even engaged. We were just dating. So everyone was like, don't do it. But I think that it just depends on the couple, right? Um, we have really different skill sets, so we rarely step on each other's toes. Um, I really respect what he does um, uh, in our business and, you know, his skill set, and he really respects um, what I do. And so I think that balance works well. Nice. And you talked about quitting your job. Was that you know, was that something where you said, Hey, I, I made a commitment that if we got into an accelerator, I was going to do it. And so it was like an easy decision or was there still a lot of hesitation? There was still a lot of hesitation just because I didn't know what was going to happen after I had a good job. It was, and you know, we needed someone to be working. We both, you know, starting a company together, like no one was really making money. So yeah. that aspect was really scary and not knowing like when, um, or if it could, it would be successful. So, you know, I felt comfortable because I had like built up a little bit of savings and I was like, we'll try it for a year and just see. And, you know, Kyle was very convincing. He was like, we're young. Like, this is the time to do it. We don't have kids. Like, let's just like try it. If it doesn't work, we can always get another job. And I was like, okay, fine. But um, it was definitely the scariest thing I've ever done. 
And so you guys are, is this your third year into this now? It will be our third year. So okay. we started in 2018. So it'll be January would be year three. What, when you look back, I mean, from my understanding, you guys are growing like bonkers. Is, <laughs> was there one pivotal moment where it was like, oh, we got featured in this collection or on this article or like we met this person and hired them on our team? Like, was there one kind of turning point to it being a struggling kind of thing as all startups are to really catching fire? Yeah. So I would say early on. Um, so it was like May of the year we started. Um, we got picked up in an article in Business Insider. And I think it went like viral because I, we did more sales like that month than we did like in since 2016 before that and like more and more people were hearing about us um so we were like whoa press um really does make a difference and like the right kind of business article um it was kind of like the perfect timing because we were just graduating from our accelerator too and just starting um to go really like on our own um in operations so um i think that was like a significant like turning point where I was like, okay, like this could work. Um, and we had a lot more reach beyond like our own personal network beyond just social media, like got to people who would otherwise have never heard of us. Yeah. And so you start off just as engagement rings. Is that correct? Yes. Did you find that starting, it seems like it's super niche. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I think of diamonds and it's like, oh, I guess that could be, Again, I'm ignorant, but it could be an engagement ring or it could just be a, a gift. You know, I don't know, whatever. But did you find that you starting off with such a fine focus was beneficial? I think so, because actually, like, lots and lots of people get engaged every year. I think, like, <laughs> um, two million people get, like, married in the U.S. every year. So um, people are always looking for um, a ring. And like I said, the experience um, elsewhere isn't ideal. So people are always looking for like different avenues. So I think being so focused and so niche like really did help us because when you think of where should I get my engagement ring, um, we want you to think of, oh, the clear cut. And we also believe that the engagement ring is kind of like the gateway drug to the rest of your expensive like fine jewelry purchases. Like we realized soon after, you know, people would come back for wedding bands and then soon it would be the anniversary gift and then the push present. So to have that trust and that initial, um, you know, big purchase, um, hopefully we could be the jeweler for life for this generation. Mm. I did not get my wife as nice of a push present as a diamond. So now, now you're making me regret think that I made bad decisions, but, uh, what, <laughs> what are the big, <laughs> we'll just have to have another kid, I guess. <laughs> but so clear cuts value proposition is that you do a lot of education. The is, are, is the price negotiation. A, it, does that exist on your website? So basically what we do is, um, all of our costs, our engagement rings are custom made. So it's a very different process than if you were just to go to a store. Um, we make sure everyone has a initial phone consultation with one of our gemologists, just so we have an idea of their preferences, their price point, you know, understand their needs. And then from there, we don't have an inventory that we try to push. We partner with some of the largest diamond manufacturers, cutters um, here and overseas. And what we'll do is handpick a selection of diamonds specifically for each client. Um, 
Our team of gemologists will pre-scan and have eyes on each of the diamonds, um, look at them in person and make sure they're in a quality we stand behind before we present them to the client. And then from there, we just get feedback, um, continue to curate, narrow down until we find the diamond that they love. And from there, create a custom ring around that. Um, wow. And then we ship it wherever our client is. So it's um, kind of like a concierge service. You have like a one-on-one -on -one relationship with your gemologist and really work together from start to finish. Um, Price-wise, we're really competitive. Um, I would say um, none of our pricing is negotiable because we give our best price um, right off the bat because we want to be transparent and not like sketchy or opaque. So I think the value proposition you're getting in terms of like the customer service, um, the expertise and just the quality and craftsmanship, um, is definitely something that is, would be very challenging to find elsewhere. Wow. <laughs> and what are the biggest, what are the biggest, uh, like points of hesitation for customers is it like, Oh, you're going to mail me a ring. Like or what, what are some hesitations? I would say once, um, you can get over the idea of not being able to physically see the diamond or ring in person before it gets shipped to you. Um, that's probably a big hurdle. We do have a showroom in New York, um, that we just started having in-person appointments in again. Um, because we weren't doing that for a while because of COVID. But most of our clients, 90% of our clients um, are completely remote. So I would say, you know, sometimes people, it depends on the person. Some people don't feel comfortable not being able to see it. And some people trust um, our expertise and our eyes for them along the way. So far, we haven't had any problems. <laughs> and what's, the, what's, what's like the timeline start to finish when I start with the consultation? Um, I would say it takes a week to have your initial selection. And then from there, it's kind of a wow. variable amount of time until we find the right one. So I'd say like one to three weeks to pick the diamond and then three to five weeks to create the ring, depending on the design. Wow. And I know ClearCut has some exciting things around the corner. Could you fill us in? Yeah. So, um, like I said, we were always, um, really remote focused. Um, a lot of our clients are completely remote. So we've been working this whole year to create um, a special um, software to enhance that um, remote client experience on the front end um, for our customers all over the world. And then also help our gemologists on the back end be as efficient and helpful as possible. So that will be hopefully launching um, Q1 of 2021. Um, and also we, um, in January of 2019, we launched our, uh, clear cut collection, which is our made to order fine jewelry collection that we are always adding on to, um, with our, uh, custom designs. And we just today launched our holiday collection for 2020. So I'm really excited about some of those pieces. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> That's Thanks. awesome. What are your goals with, with the business? Our goal, um, you know how in like a lot of towns you have like that mom and pop jewelry store that, you know, your family for generations goes there to buy like every single gift, any, you know, time there's like an anniversary, a big like um, occasion. We want to be that for everyone online. So being like this generation to jeweler mm. for life. So when you think of buying like a significant like investment piece of jewelry to commemorate like a big occasion. Like we are the go-to for that. Um, so wow. that is our goal. And what do you love most about what you do, Olivia? 
I think I love, um, you know, working with our couples. Like they bring so much joy every single day to be able to help them and guide them from picking out the diamond to creating a custom ring to finally getting like their images. Um, and we do these things, these features called clear cut couples, which are these little stories that we feature on our blog and our Instagram about each of our couples proposal stories and like how they happened and how they met. Um, seeing that full circle and being able to play a part in that is like so rewarding. And um, I couldn't think of like a better job to do and yeah, getting to play. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, when you look back on your experience, you know, going from NYU to working at Tiffany's to then changing careers and starting this business, what are three lessons that you've either learned or maybe someone shared them to you that you found super valuable? I would say one thing I learned in when we were in Techstars and that accelerator was um, to do more faster. So it's kind of like, don't let um, perfection kind of stall you from doing things like continue to put things out. Um, and, you know, if you're not embarrassed by your launch, that means you kind of waited too long and then just get feedback and iterate and don't just wait on everything being perfect because it will never be. And that's okay. Um, as long as you're getting like incrementally better and learning, um, I think that's something that's really valuable because I think a lot of um, entrepreneurs, you know, struggle and wait um, to have everything like lined up and have everything perfect and have their website perfect before they put anything out in the world. And I think that the quicker you can put something out and the more feedback you can get and the quicker you can iterate, um, that's always really helpful. So that's something I learned that we still do. Um, another thing would be, I would say, to hire slow and fire fast. Mm -hmm. um, you know, take your time um, with your team and make sure it is the right fit. But if it isn't, don't wait too long um, to make changes. Um, yeah. How big is your team at the ClearCut? Right now we're what? Eight, nine. Wow. Seven in-house, two remote. <laughs> have you have you enjoyed the growth process of your business? Uh yes, it's been very exciting to see, but it comes with a lot of challenges too, right? So I think yeah. like each part of your business, there's like different challenges. When we're starting, we're like, is this gonna work? How are we gonna get people to find out about us? Now it's like, how do I manage people properly? Yeah. And we're like, I'm a good, um, you know, a manager, operations person, which I like before was just trying to like get sales. So. Now it's like the scaling process, which is, has its own unique set of challenges. Yeah. Well, Olivia, you've built something amazing. Uh, and it's fun that you've done it with your husband. So congrats on everything. Honored that you took the time to sit down with us and, uh, I'm going to check out the holiday collection. I'll for sure, you know, the push present thing now is just rocking <laughs> my world. So appreciate that. But yeah, it was a real pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. How do I'm just curious in general, what is it like working with your spouse? Um, really, I mean, we've gotten better at it. I think it, it's, it's taken a lot of practice, but, um, at first, especially early on in a marriage, probably like the first year, like we didn't even know how to communicate personally. And then we were also trying to like do business together. And so it was like problems would kind of compound. Whereas like, you know, the more problems that come in, it just exaggerates the ones that have already been there. Uh, and so we've gotten way, way better at just being really honest, just 
honest with each other, but sharing that with like, you know, a, a, a good bit of grace, I guess you could say. So like, you know, we're not being brutally honest. It's just like, Hey, I can't, I can't do that right now. I'm sorry. Like that's not going to work. Things like that. So you got any tips for me though? Do you ever turn it off? Like, do you have like, or do you always talk about work? Do you Gosh. like have a plan? When we were, that's, when we were, that's what I struggle with because we are like constantly talking about work, like till like the second we like lay in bed and go to sleep. So yeah, it's so hard. I think earlier on, so we're we're like five years into our, our like working relationship, I guess, and yeah, uh, yeah, four or five, and um, and so early on, like when we were growing the business, it was nonstop. Uh, but then now that we have a kid, like that kind of forces you to really put your focus elsewhere. So I'm, I'm thankful for that in that sense, but it's come at a cost of us slowing down our business growth. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And that's something we always talk about too. Like when is like a kid, something that we are comfortable, like introducing to this crazy dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. I think just being on the same page and you know, making sure that you discuss not all the possibilities of what things could pan out to be, but some of them at least, and have put th- thought into it. Yeah. Like, like communication is key and like mutual respect, I think. A hundred percent. But yeah. well, I like that part of the conversation. Thank you for the question, Olivia. Yeah. I was just curious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I and- answered all the questions. So I was just like, <laughs> yeah. Well, let us know if there's ever anything we do to help you. Um, and, I look forward to staying in touch. Yeah, I look forward to it too. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun.